Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of 10 Things Friday, where we give you 10 things you need to know in the world of retail technology in the future. Uh, July 2021, lockdown 5.0. Um, we're getting quite good at this lockdown business. Um, our uh, northern friends in Sydney, uh, Australia, uh, seem to be struggling a little bit more than we do uh, with this whole lockdown business. But uh, we're, we're seasoned penal colony of Victoria, are seasoned campaigners when it comes to lockdown. We know how to, we know how to, you know, deal in a jail-like situation. Um, very in siege mentality. That's what we do in Victoria. But uh, geez, it's been a very, very busy, active couple of weeks in the world of retail and tech, Tim. I've got, there's just stuff happening everywhere. Um, I don't know. It's just, I can't keep up. There's just so much activity in the world right now. It's just such a wonderful, wonderful um, time, really, apart from the whole lockdown business. But uh, anyway, <laughs> it's a rather, and maybe the carryover from game five, we should just talk about this, you know, being NBA fans, basketball. Game five, Milwaukee beats, oh, spoiler alert, Milwaukee beats Phoenix. Um, that was an incredible game. True holiday at the end. What a steal. Unbelievable finish. One game away, Dim. One game away. One game away to um, uh, repeat the, uh, uh, to regain the glory of the past when uh, um, none, the, ago, none other 50 than years. <laughs> fifty years ago, none other than, none other than uh, Karim Abdul-Jabbar was uh, part of the uh, part of the Milwaukee uh, Bucks team. Ah, uh, yeah, it was a good game. I uh, will not dwell too much on the basket because that's another podcast, uh, and we're not going to dwell too much on on the pandemic. Although we are now old hands at uh, lockdowns, and uh, we are uh, looking forward to the next one. Um, I'll make a start. So we'll focus. So a few things caught caught my um, attention uh, this week. Uh, I'll start with uh, uh, a new word, which uh, you know I like new words. Mm. Tech is all about new words, isn't it? it now, is. This new this time, words. this time it's not quite. It is tech, but it comes from the world of medicine. So the new word is bioresorbable. Bioresorbable. Okay. Right. Bioresorbable. I should mm. say better. Bioresorbable. Do we know uh, okay. what bio bioresorbable is? Um, something about absorbing. I'm gonna say toxic things. I, I don't know. I've got no idea. I'm just right. making it up. What well, is I didn't it? know the word. It does. Yeah. It does resolve around resorbable. So uh, it's about fully implantable mm. and bioresorbable cardiac pacemakers. No leads, no batteries. Oh, wow. Uh, so just self-sustainable. Um, self-sustainable, self-absorbable. I would have called it absorbable, uh, but mm. it's bioresorbable. Mm. Um, uh, pacemakers. So okay. now it's called in, in the general uh, nature. Last week, uh, in the last couple of weeks anyway, has uh, been published and uh, a bunch of obviously extraordinary smart, uh, extraordinary smart people are now reporting that mm. they have tried not in uh, in uh, human yet, but in other uh, in other animals, 
a cardiac pacemaker uh, where everything dissolves inside the human body after a period of time. There's wow. no battery. There is nothing. Wow. It's all mm. made out of... There's some metallic elements yeah. into it. Obviously, there need to be some metallic elements into it at the, at the micro scale. Yeah. There, are metallic, there are metallic elements which then absorbed and disposed by the body as per normal. I mean, you know, we, we absorb magnesium, we absorb, you know. Yeah, it's so not... what, it's, so it's leveraging the rhythm of the body to keep... It's leveraging the rhythm of the body. It's got some built-in yeah. energy. Yeah. Inside, you know, the thing's got some energy built into it. And once the energy is expanded, expanded, mm -hmm. it also means that you can actually attach this straight onto the heart. Right. Uh, you know, it avoids all the complexity of having leads and you know, yeah. wires and all of that, you can attach it straight to the heart. And, and does, it do, the heart. Um, does it do knees? <laughs> Good question. I knew it was coming. Uh, I don't know. They, they're, working, they're working on it. Um, but it doesn't... Um, <laughs> no, start, start, start with that. Start with that. I, I haven't heard anything about uh, uh, knees yet, uh, but uh, no doubt... Uh, um, you know, I mean, hearts obviously is a is a a, a big uh, a big issue and a big challenge for uh, um, um, you know for for medicine and, mm -hmm. and and for people that have similar have problems there. Now, there, there have been some other components, you know, uh, similar uh, bioresorbable uh, stents, you know, little devices that do and lots of other stuff. But this is an actual uh, uh, pacemaker uh, and uh, while it hasn't been implemented yet it appears, it, I think it's extraordinary to be honest and uh, yeah, it's you know, I, 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 there's a little bit of envy in me in, in, in the bunch of uh, very, very, very clever people that uh, mm. um, managed to um, put all this together mm. um, really uh, very smart uh, very smart, smart bunch of uh, people that um, kind of uh, mm, okay. And, um, so yes. Uh, well, just as a, as as an aside, um, <laughs> I, there's a TV series out on uh, one of the subscribers, Doctor Death. <laughs> mm -hmm. It's actually quite good. I, just a little recommendation I just throw in there. Um, it's uh, um, you know in contrast to your the wonderful. Um, technology you've just described this was about a whole bunch of botched surgeries uh by a um a dodgy surgeon in the uh, uh mid 2000s um but uh it's actually pretty interesting it's it's good dr death i recommend it there you go dr death there you go uh so that was that was my that was number, number one. one okay yeah. so we'll start with a with a bam like a okay boom. all right um Okay, so yeah, lots of things. I've got a long list, but the one um, for me, I'll, I'll go to payments. So um, I'm finding that the payment space is really interesting. There's, there's so much happening very, very quickly. But Apple have announced they're going um, to launch something called Apple Pay Later. So this is a direct competition to the buy now pay later 
space. Um, and so it, basically Apple's going to enter the BNPL market. Um, and uh, again, this is going to slice into the Afterpays, the Klanas, the, all of these um, pure play buy now, pay later platforms that are just going, you know, going off uh, in terms of, you know, growth. Um, and when they announced that, uh, both of the respective share prices of those companies went down. I think Afterpay went down 11%. <laughs> um, Zip was another one, went down uh, 7 or 8%. Um, so... Yeah, so they'll basically, you'll be able to pay, I think this is in four, four installments, um, completely integrated with Apple Pay, um, uh, or you could also do 24 months um, with monthly installments as well, I think, but um, I had it here somewhere. I'll put up the, oh, here it is, four interest-free payments made mm. every two weeks, um, and that's called Apple Pay in four. Uh, but they've also got payment plans, which is Apple Pay monthly installments. So um, Apple Pay later. Um, well, let's see what happens to Afterpay and Zip and Klarna and all the pure plays um, in that space. Yeah, they have got Goldman Sachs in their game for that. They're doing it together. I, uh, it's very ISO I, and that came across uh, uh, my uh, my reading this week. Very, very... Uh, uh, very, very interesting indeed. At the same time, where uh, India's Reserve Bank, I don't know if you've heard about this, have indefinitely barred MasterCard from oh, issuing okay. any, any new debit credit or prepaid cards. And uh, they did that because of non-compliance to the directions on storage of payment system data. <laughs> so if oh, you're in India, God. there's no MasterCard for you. Right, interesting. Uh, it's obviously got to do something with taxes. There's no doubt about that. You know, they, I'm sure the Indian government would would like to have um, hmm. uh, would like to have access uh, uh, direct access to uh, Mastercard payments anyway. No Mastercard in India. I wonder actually if you if you turn up in India with a Mastercard with a Mastercard whether that will be accepted. They stopped them from yeah, interesting uh, issuing, but hmm. I'm not quite sure they're going to be they're going to be accepted. Okay, very, 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 very good. Uh, now, the, the next one um, is an ongoing theme that we discussed uh, in, in our podcast uh, time and again. It, it's, it's now making into uh, the uh, lifestyle columns of the Vanity Fair. And uh, I picked the title from I Don't Think I'll Ever Go Back. Uh, and this is... Um, a statement from uh, the majority of uh, Silicon Valley workers uh, that are not going to go back to work. Mm. Um, not, not surprises. Uh, you know, we've all been doing it now for a for a while. Some of mm. us have to in in, in in the lockdown states of Australia. Mm -hmm. uh, some of us some of us have to do it, but uh, it's now been more than 15, 18 months, mm. and all the tech kids uh, out of Silicon Valley they just go. Well, I'm not going back. Uh, I'm not going to. Um, I'm not going to return. So that's. Um, uh, it's going to have some implications because the, the 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 sheer concept of a Silicon Valley was the collocation of all these uh, yeah, companies right. and the talent, right? 
challenge. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, south of San Francisco, in into kind of the San Jose, uh, you know, that kind of uh, rare world of startups and mm. and uh, uh, digital, you know, the digital uh, companies. Uh, it's going to definitely uh, put a, you know, where is going to be the next Silicon Valley? You know, is there, is there going to be a Silicon Valley? Mm. Uh, reality also is, you know, if you can live in a bitch in Mexico, why would you go? Why would you, do <laughs> why would you go to the office? And, and, and they've seen that mass migration. I mean, the real estate in San Fran is just ridiculous. And so there was already a migration happening to places like Austin and mm-hmm. I think Miami was another mm-hmm. Um, you know, friendly place for entrepreneurs and, you know, digital natives. Um, and now it's like, yeah, anywhere with a good Wi-Fi connection um, is, um, you know, really the, the market. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. Yeah, look, I mean, and we, 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 um, we know that Twitter uh, mm. is not expecting people to come back. Uh, Microsoft, another big employer, has uh, uh, made uh, a lot more remote work available. And Zuckerberg from uh, um, Facebook thinks that 50% of the Facebook workforce is not going to go back to the office. Mm. Um, so that will be, um, uh, you know, I think it's, it's a, I think we can now call it, uh, you know, you, you now employers will have to provide and excuses to why the employees need to travel. I think that the the sentiment and the uh, you know the norm has changed. Mm. You know now when you sign up to a new business or to a new employer, they aren't going to have to convince you to why you actually need to turn up for work. Mm. I get caught a little bit in in this myself when you know I, I, during the course of normal business, I, I would ask geographic questions. Mm. I think that's the retailer little bit in me, but I will ask geographic questions. I now start getting sort of uh, interesting responses back when I go, well, where are you based? Or, you know, mm. the, the people kind of almost react almost negatively to that, kind of go, well, what, what does mm. it matter? Yeah. You know, Although it really matter. when you do, um, so before this latest little lockdown, you know, you, you certainly do notice when you are in those workshops with, people just how hard it is to do a hybrid and and maybe this is where the tech has to evolve a little bit as well like you know when you're throwing things up on whiteboards and you're Mm. you know you're trying to um work in small groups or do just work with people um to solve problems uh it's i think it's easier when everyone's virtual or everyone's in the room I think the hybrid it, it still hasn't quite we haven't quite worked that one out um, it, it's still very hard to to run workshops with half the audience on zoom and and you know half in the in the office so to be you know maybe that's maybe that's where the next evolution will happen mm. now there, there is definitely something about that and I have had experience where you know, on recent experience when on projects, you know, some people, including myself, sometimes will be in the room and sometimes will be on, you know, on, on Zoom. Um, I think the tech is pretty good. Mm. Um, th- there is a sort of balance of power thing here, you know, like mm. if, if you end up with only two people 
outside the room, the dynamics definitely, you know, especially when you come into, in, you know, decision-making or, 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 you know, um, innovating or whatever you, you're trying to do, I think, you know, if everybody's in the room except two people, the, the dynamics could be different. Yeah, that, that's, mm. that, you're probably right. Well, we'll see. I, I, I'm, I, I'm very, um, uh, I'm very uh, hopeful that technology will uh, arise once again and, and deliver mm. something to, to deliver something to that effect. Mm. Uh, mind you, you know, the, the pandemic ain't going nowhere. <laughs> uh, no, that's right. Yeah. So um, we'll, just, uh, we'll just have to continue to live with that. So that was my number two. We are not going back to the office. It is now a sort of, you know, it will be a, a term that needs to be negotiated as to whether you'll be working out of the office or not. Yeah, it becomes, it will genuinely be hybrid and there'll be, you know, you'll expect, I think there'll be just some events that warrant coming in, um, but most of just the norm I expect would be remote. Like they'll be just the de facto, will be um, virtual. But anyway, we, we, we shall see. I think it'll be interesting to see um, how it all shakes up. Um, next one for me, I'll, I'll stay on payments. Uh, so a little bit of, well, actually it's ecosystems as well. So earlier in the year, ShopPay expanded to Facebook and Instagram. So I could effectively, um, when I purchased within the Facebook ecosystem, which includes Insta, um, ShopPay, uh, could was a was a method that I could use as a payment option, um, and now the reverse is true. So, Facebook Pay is now an option in um, Shopify merchants. So you can kind of see a deal being done here. Um, <laughs> so mm. you effectively now have ecosystems locking out other ecosystems. So you're, you're wondering if Shopify will have like Amazon pay, maybe not, maybe it's now Shopify, Facebook, which kind of now looks at, you know, so well, Facebook. Yeah. I, I it, it's just going to be interesting if this consolidates even further, but um uh, so don't be in our next Shopify checkout um, that you may see a, a, a Facebook pay option, uh, which um, will allow you to give more uh, privacy data to Mark Zuckerberg. So um, there you go. So. <laughs> well, I mean, this is this is this has been the story of the of the last uh, decade, right? Uh, and how. You know, we we ended up with frenemies or competitors, right? Where you know people compete and cooperate at the same time, mm. uh, creating creating ecosystems, mm. um, trying to you know dislodge things. You know your traditional kind of um, competitor view of the world mm. in a standard business model. It's not there anymore, mm. um, especially when there's no physical assets. I think. Uh, and I, I don't know where that's going to happen. The biggest disruption in, in this space will come uh, when, and I think it's now when, uh, the Federal uh, Reserve uh, in the US will uh, uh, decide to release digital currency. Mm. Uh, I think that's, that's where the, 
the real the, the game will change for for everyone. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, and, and this is what Facebook attempted within its own ecosystem, right? Mm, like the Facebook right. Libra or whatever that's it was right. called. I mean, I don't that's know right. if it still exists. It may still exist. But mm. in the end, in the end, I can attach whatever currency Facebook deems as value to the Facebook Pay option. Um, but yeah, within the Facebook ecosystem, if I'm within an ecosystem, then whatever mm. currency I can use within that ecosystem, then it can be whatever you like, right? So that's right. That's exactly interesting. Mm. Very good. Well, am I on number five? Number five. Okay, we we like robots, and this is a really good story. I got really really excited about this one. So this is about robot as a service. Didn't uh, we have that last week? Robots um, as a service? No. No, we had drones as a service. No. Oh, okay, I forget. We, we we do like robots. So any well, robot update. Let me let me let me change this again. So let's let's call it something. So I think it's robot as a platform. Robot as so, a platform. So okay. robot as a platform, not robot as a service. Let's call it like what it is. It's robot as a platform where, you know, our idea of robots, and we talked a lot about, we will continue to talk a lot about robots in this program, is our idea about robots is that, you know, they're highly sophisticated, purpose-built things that, you know, do salads or do drinks mm-hmm. or uh, they move stuff in a warehouse or they, they do, you know, uh, they are a car or vehicle mm-hmm. or whatever it is, highly specialized made for a specific task. What are we talking about here? From a company called Applied EV, who are actually based in Melbourne, Australia. Mm. Uh, They've created what they refer to as the blank robot. And what that effectively is, is just a computer on four wheels. So they're offering a a robot as a platform. You buy the robot. It's it's a a battery-integrated sassy with four wheels just to give you the spacing. We'll put the link on the website to kind of have a bit of a look. And it's ready for you to add to it whatever you like. Mm. Uh, you want to make it into a goods uh, moving vehicle. You want to make it into whatever you like. There are the, the, the platform is available for you to program and it comes built in with its own with its own autonomous, uh, autonomous uh, uh, operating uh, autonomous operating system, defense would love this. Uh, supply chain, I guess, will uh, um, will also love that. And if you if you into robotics term, this is a level five autonomous ready solution. Right. Okay. So it is fairly uh, very advanced. Blank robot. B L N B L A N C, as in empty. You know, blank as in a blank cat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Plain other words. On that, uh, out of uh, out of Melbourne, Australia, we'll uh, see whether we can actually get hold of uh, people from Applied EV, maybe to get them on the program and talk to us a bit more about that. Yeah. How we love robots. Wow. Okay, and so um, and so basically, I build on top of this thing. So I kind of, if I want to use it in a warehouse or in a yard or. Whatever you want to use it, you, yeah, you, yeah. You, you just um, create. It's like how uh, trucks are built. I mean, I don't know mm. how much our listeners know about that. You know, you, you, normally you just get an engine and a sassy, what they call mm. it, sassy. Mm. And, and then on top of that, you build a refrigerated vehicle, you build a normal uh, goods vehicle, you can build a bus or whatever you want to build. It's kind of the same principle. It's like, you know, it's like buying a Tesla with the battery yeah. and the wheels kind of thing. It's not a, yeah. um, I think it's very, 
exciting. You know, uh, robots, the robot, uh, uh, robots as a platform. Very cool. Blank robot. Very cool. Okay. Blank robot. Yeah, nice. Um, okay. Well, from robots to marketplaces, uh, the news, um, uh, well, it's a, it's a little bit dated perhaps, but um, some more detail around um, Woolworths joining the online marketplace environment, mm-hmm. you know, with Big W now extending to be called Everyday Market, um, which is launched. Um, so this goes pretty much head-to-head with, you know, um, organisations like Catch and Kogan and um, uh, so I thought that this, um, again, the endless aisle, the idea that I um, don't have to hold the stock, I can um, effectively allow for anyone to, to sell on now multiple marketplaces, really. So it, it's kind of becoming a very interesting challenge for a you know, supplier as to which marketplaces you, you're going to um, and maybe it's all of them, and, and there'll be a whole ecosystem around how um, how you how you deal with this. But the other part that uh, I thought was interesting was the tech that behind the marketplace company called Marketplacer. Um, mm. uh, Woolworths has taken a stake in that. Um, Marketplacer.ai. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, you know. Um, Others, are, which I think the interesting part of this is Woolworths itself as a retailer is, is taking positions in effectively what's a tech company. Um, so WT3, which is their um, sort of venture capital, um, uh, taking a position in, in marketplace, so which, which I think is... Um, which is quite interesting. So taking a multi-million dollar equity stake in, in Marketplace uh, to, to support that platform. So, um, yeah, so that was my that was my number six, just a, a little bit of... Um, yeah, it, it's, it's, it's not the first time Woolworths has invested directly in technology. Uh, a lot of their uh, machine learning or whatever you call it, data, I think it was a previous investment in a, in a tech. I think, you know, it's a very smart, it's a very smart way of moving. Uh, you, you have a company that's, uh, you know, if, if, if you're going to sort of say, for example, invest in marketplaces, say, or whatever, uh, marketplace, if somebody like Woolworths invests in marketplace, you know, automatically the value of marketplace uh, increases just by virtue of, of the new client. So it only makes sense that the new client actually cashes in mm. the value that they're going to provide by virtue of signing up. I think it just makes, it's a very astute yeah. way of, of, of operating commercially. You know, you, um, if, you're a, if you're an influencer and you're about to uh, endorse a new brand, you know, I'm not, but if you were, you know, you would probably just go and buy uh, into the brand because all of a sudden the, the value of the brand is going to increase quite a lot. Now you could call it, sort of insider trading with yourself kind of thing. But I mean, it's just, I think it's quite, yeah, yeah. it's it quite, is. quite astute. It's quite an astute process. You know, why would you go and buy licenses when you can actually buy the thing itself? You know? Especially if you think that there's, 
um, an emerging trend. It's all in the right direction. And you could see the market, you know, like it's, it's seems like a pretty easy one. But all, all the same, you know, when, when you make, a, you know, when a major retailer decides to use your platform, right? I mean, that mm. effectively makes your platform a standard. So, yeah, you know, like wh- whether there was value there or not, it's immaterial. There is now value because I've now decided to use it. So mm. I think it's a it's a very very clever way of going around uh, for uh, for what was mm. uh, here down under. Um, we spoke a little bit about it before. You know, we, we we're talking a lot about AI, artificial intelligence. Well, as you and I have discussed many times, I don't necessarily agree with the you know with, with the title. Having myself done a number of years of studies in the area and degrees and so on. Um, one of the things that happens is, you know, AI, machine learning, whatever you want to call it, it's, it's going to come and complement, in some cases, replace, in some cases, exceed human intelligence. That's the implication of the artificial intelligence. And, and you know, when humans are, are, are guided by uh, ethics and are guided by laws, and uh, we spoke about before in this program about what ethics do AI algorithms uh, um, are ruled by? Mm. How, how, you know, yeah. when, when you say apply an AI um, tool, model, algorithm, whatever it is to, you say your recruitment policy, mm. and, and that recruitment policy consistently uh, decides to, uh, it generates a bias against who you actually employ in your company. Right. You know, then, then an ethical, um, uh, uh, an immediate ethical and moral uh, dilemma and obligation arise out of that. It's good to see that um, uh, Telstra, the Australia's, I think, biggest telecom, uh, is now uh, uh, investing and investigating and setting up new ethical standards for procurement and in-house development of artificial intelligence systems. This is part of the Australian AI ethics principles pilot. And one of the things I quite like about this, uh, I think it's, you know, uh, Telstra should be congratulated on this in in showing kind of the way. And it talks about minimum standards and, you know, what happens with third-party AI systems and so on. But one of the things that, um, you know, a lot of people may see it as a constraint. I think it's it's actually the the right way of thinking Mm. about it is that, uh, they're looking uh, that you know whatever the third whatever the AI, embedded AI is, that there's always a person who is accountable for that. Yeah, you know that that a human always oversees mm. on the decision on what to buy and what to implement. Yeah. which I think it's, it's I think it's the right way of going about it. Mm-hmm. I, I think there's a bit to go in this. Yeah. Uh, and again, you know, um, some of the systems are, are clever, but they're limited. You know, we, we need to be a bit careful here that, you know, they they are clever, but they only ultimately mm. as clever as the programmers that make them. Um, and, yeah. and that's a huge, huge topic of conversation. <laughs> right, you know, so. um, oh, well, there's, there's a few things. I, I think that it is, it's really interesting watching, I mean, the, the Apple campaign around, um, you know, privacy and, and, you know, watching with the, I forget the song, how it goes, but the um, where people, you know, 
you you're not don't track me effectively now with the the latest um, you know iOS where you're um, turning off the ability for apps to track you. It, it, it's a real. I, I think there was a view or has been a view and continues to be a view that if we just collect as much data as we possibly can, um, you know, we get data lakes and then what we're going to do is we're going to get into this data gold rush and we're going to build AI and ML models and we're just going to go further down this whole data, um, you know, torrent or, or river. And I, I just wonder, I, I think that, the backlash against Facebook and the ethics in, you know, what happened over in the US with the election and Russian. And um, I just wonder if this whole relentless collection and, you know, AIification of everyone's data, mm. if there's actually just going to be a natural backlash against all of it. And I just wonder, you know, at what point, you know, people are stopped going to, they're not going to give consent. They're not going to allow to use their data. They don't care about personalization. And then I just wonder if, if it's going to be an interesting um, evolution uh, around, you know, the, the ability to just use data relentlessly. Um, so anyway, yeah, it's, it's a good one. Oh, look, I mean, the closest paradigm we can have to that perhaps i mean there's lots of paradigms to this but you know they we we invented uh, nuclear energy if you want to call it like that and you know when one can take a very dismal view of that in terms of whether uh, it's been useful to humanity or not uh, mm. we've had some you know nuclear bombs and a whole bunch of arms mm. racing and a bunch of other stuff and you know, I think in the end, in the end, uh, a lot of this comes down to you know, what, what what is the intrinsic value that it adds to to society and and to to human race. You know, how how does this help? How does this help us? Um, you know, people will most likely put AI to good use, and will most likely put AI to well. Business. Yeah, and, and I think what it's you know, it's interesting now the echo chambers that it creates like mm -hmm. it, if it you know things are learning about me and what I think I like then it just repeats that pattern and I actually don't get to necessarily see the full gamut of human society because the the AI is serving up the content that it thinks it wants me to see and it self-reinforces um so yeah, I, I don't know. I think it's it's just going to be really interesting times, and and you're right. You know, ethics are going to be part of that. I mean, and one of my ones, probably a good segue or build on on your one, was the GitHub Copilot um, mm. that I mentioned the other day. Well, what's come out of that is the AI has been um, accused of stealing copyrighted code. Um, so. It's learned from other code bases, which is actually copyrighted, you know, software. <laughs> and those snippets are ending up as autocompletes um, of someone else's code. And similarly, um, API secrets are, are getting auto-populated. Um, and uh, so, you know, what was um, viewed as incredibly useful, <laughs> actually uh, a whole raft of, uh, issues emerge, legal issues emerge around the use of actually 
um, when is something copyright, when isn't, um, and, you know, <laughs> so, so I'm not sure that Copilot's going to go anywhere, unfortunately, for how useful it may have been. Yeah, we'll we'll have to we'll have to uh, yeah we'll have to monitor that. I mean, you know, having again, I don't think there's right or wrong here. Having uh, uh, computers, I, I would argue. I mean, both you and I are probably biased in the in this respect that having computers around and having algorithms and machines has has improved uh, mankind and has accelerated our, our overall knowledge of how and what to do. Um, and you know, improved. I think it actually improved our uh, our knowledge and ultimately improved our education, and hopefully our ethics and our morals. Uh, but you know, uh, there will be uses that we're not going to agree with, and there will be you mm. know, software. Software is a key component of the defense industry, and mm. you know, it's quite it's used quite regularly to uh, destruction. So uh, I mean, it's. It's the usual. It's the usual things. Uh, a, lot, a lot of this stuff, also, um, including the internet, to, to to be fair, you know, they all started back from defense funding mm. in the old DARPA program back in the late mid, mid late seventies, mid eighties. Um, I'll uh, I'll go to number nine, which will be my last one for this program, and uh, I'm going to talk about the missing chips. Uh, I quite like foreign affairs, and, and again, this is not a, 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 a foreign affairs program or a battle program or, or a medical program, but I, I quite like foreign affairs. So, um, you know, the, in, in a very recent article, the, uh, the title caught my eye, The Missing Chips, and this doesn't really refer to potato chips or, <laughs> or crisps, as you were referred to. We have mentioned in this program before that it's a global sausage of microprocessor chips of CPUs, yeah, that's right. there is a global yeah. there is a global um, mm. uh, uh, lack and a, and a global disruption. Now, COVID nineteen has something to do with it mm. uh, because obviously everybody bought a new screen, a new microphone, a new headphones, new this, new that. So there's been some pressure on that, and it as well uh, caused all sorts of issues with GPUs it, and the it, it does. It does. Uh, it affects everything from making cars to mm. microwaves to your fridges to your washing machines. Actually, prices are probably going slightly up. It is important to realize there is an 18-week lag in the supply chain, mm. which is grew by a month since the last time I looked at this. Wow. So a year and a half delay, mm. a year and a half uh, delay in uh, semiconductor uh, availability for the market. Mm. I think this is going to become more prominent as we move through things. Uh, and it will probably actually, in some ways, uh, uh, may even uh, have a, an economic impact. It definitely mm. has a foreign policy impact because all of this goes back to the Trump administration um, polemic of creating a war with China, which in mm. effect meant that the semiconductor supply chain had to be split in two because American companies will not buy into Chinese-made mm. semiconductors. So that yeah. goes back a couple of years back. And then the pandemic caused, uh, caused a massive issue. I suspect, I wouldn't be surprised if in, in, in the months to come, we, we actually attribute some of the global um, lack of growth or, or a little bit mm. percentage of that in, uh, in what is, uh, there's a lot of chips missing. Yeah. I was also reading very similar to your um, 
around the difficulty the GPU market has because what's happened with the crypto boom is that all of the crypto farms in China and they are buying hundreds of millions of dollars of GPUs and cards associated with that, um, which has caused a massive shortage and um, even like against people in the retail market, they actually want one. All of these graphics cards and uh, GPUs are just getting gobbled up by the crypto miners. Um, mm -hmm. So until we solve the crypto mining problem, which is, you know, which uh, a lot of them are trying to solve, like Ethereum, you know, doing mm -hmm. proof of stake and getting away from the, um, the, the need for the horsepower to mine all these coins. But as the whole crypto market's gone up, that's actually exacerbated um, your problem as well. So... Um, no, I agree. Uh, absolutely. Uh, we, we need to touch that uh, mining business, which I think is just a complete waste of time. Uh, <laughs> right. It's fascinating. Anyway, fascinating. Yeah, all right. So next episode. Um, okay, I'll finish it off with a little bit more on the light side. Uh, TikTok jobs. Uh, we love TikTok. I mean, TikTok, number one app um, globally. Uh, so this is really... Uh, taking on or taking a different turn to the um, to the resume. So what uh, it's a pilot program which effectively um, career talk uh, and it will invite users to submit video resumes to participating companies, uh, including Target, um, Chipotle, Shopify, Meredith, NASCAR, um, some others. Uh, you basically submit your TikTok resume. Uh, as opposed to pointing to a LinkedIn profile or the boring, you know, Word document with the background um, certification. And I think this is kind of cool. I mean, this is um, obviously targeting the, you know, um, entry-level workforce, for want of a better word, or the, the younger side of it. But um, it gives the, you know, TikTok is trying to build this kind of idea of the creator creates and um, creating relationship to the brands so that there's a commercial kind of element to all of this that, that bubbles it up. Um, mm. uh, but, yeah, I think that's kind of cool. You can see it would be much easier for a 20-something or, a, you know, a late teen to create a TikTok video about and uh, and then get a, get a job from that as opposed to um, a resume. So, uh, well, I think, I think that's great. There you go. Nice. Oh, that's very good. Good innovation. I like that. Hashtag TikTok like resumes. I like that. Okay. I think that closes out another edition. Uh, thanks for listening, everyone. Um, stay safe wherever you are in the world, and uh, we'll be back again soon. Same thing, Australia. We'll be back with you next week. Take care. Take care.